coaching standpoint, I'm going to dial down if as I'm working with someone, the first thing I'm asking, what's the end goal? What are we working towards? Or if, if they don't know what the end goal is, where's the frustration point? That is what I'm going to dial down on first. And then what's getting in the way? Welcome to the Consultant of the Coach podcast. Hey, today we have an amazing podcast. I'll say it's amazing because we did it. But hey, on boundaries and separation in the workplace, what does that look like? What are proper boundaries? If we don't get this right, you know what happens? Not good things. So hey, enjoy today's podcast on separation. Welcome to the Consultant and Coach podcast. Today, it's all about separation or boundaries, depending on who you are and how you want to talk about it. Uh, so we're excited to dive into this. Uh, Josh, what scripture did you choose this morning? Yeah, I was reading actually a couple of weeks ago in the book of Proverbs and thought this was a good one um, for this particular episode. It's at Proverbs twenty five seventeen says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house too much of you. And they will hate you. <laughs> I love that verse. Yeah. Absolutely love that verse because yeah. it's don't don't come to my house unless not too often though. Yeah, it doesn't say how often. Occasionally, yeah. occasionally, occasionally, right? Yeah, because when I want when I want to chill out, I want to chill out. Don't yeah. don't come and talk to me. It, it's funny because I thought of that verse too because I had a, a good friend, uh, a friend of our family growing up, part of our church, and they had. Um, it's interesting with some next door neighbors made me think of this because they had a couple of neighbor kids who I think didn't have a very functional home environment, but mm-hmm. they were like always in their house and it became sort of a point of contention, um, which is tough, right? Because they probably were trying to create a home for these kids who didn't have a, the most functional home environment to be in at the same time they were always in their neighbor's house. But there is a fine <laughs> line between not allowing anyone in right. and right. having what's called an open house where anyone can come in it any time yeah and even at work you know we're we are going to talk work wise i have an open door policy in my office if my door is open anyone can come in but you better seldom use it within reason i mean and i would imagine the extension of that is you probably have times when it's closed oh absolutely don't it is it is closed right and <laughs> so you're not, not, not on a given eight to ten hour day it's probably closed about two hours because that i'm into deep focus deep work yeah don't mess things up and but you have both which is good absolutely that's right and that's what we're talking about shouldn't today. be closed all the time should not be open all the time excellent um <clears throat> So I think what we'll, some of the key questions we're going to want folks to be thinking about as we go through this today is, you know, when they think about separation or boundaries in their life, how do they have healthy ones? How do they, how are mm-hmm. they maybe being too selfish? How are they, you know, how are they not allowing themselves to get separation? You know, and that that's includes right family relationships. Um, and I think something we'll talk about probably in this episode and the next episode is around this idea of circles of trust. You and I have talked about right. Two part of this is you let certain people in. And you have sort of boundaries of trust, right? Like you're, you're, you and your spouse are going to have the closest trusting relationship, hopefully, right? And then your kids Absolutely. and maybe a few trusted confidants. And then like, so there's also these separation, you think of, I think of them circles like around me of support systems of mm-hmm. people who I'm very trusting of to the degree they're like a third degree trust, not a spousal trust, right? Um, and we can still have good relationships that way. Yeah. And, and, and another thing that's interesting is I've noticed, so I'm, I'm 44 years old to tell people how old I am. I've noticed in terms of boundaries and separation, there is definitely a generational difference mm. 
in society today. So for example, entirely stereotypical, older team members have much higher boundaries today than younger team members. I've noticed younger team members that I've worked with like 16, 18, 22 year olds, Mm -hmm. it's like they have no boundaries. They expect to know everything about everyone. And I would say those team members Mm -hmm. have, uh, they need boundaries. They need really good boundaries. Well, and that speaks to, you know, this, I think it was age to some degree, but also just this idea of when you get to know your people, I think it's a digital native issue, right? Because digital natives, right? Mm -hmm. Tend to be younger individuals growing up completely in the digital world and social media, as we've talked about, and this isn't always healthy, it's just good to know, means people don't have boundaries. Their email reaches them anywhere. Their social media reaches them anywhere. The posts they make or read about themselves or other people are literally at their fingertips of every waking moment of every single day, middle of the night. I mean, there is, our technology has really broken down barriers, which in some degree is good, Mm -hmm. but in other degrees, you know, is very unhealthy in terms of what we're talking about today between separation. Because you never let people come down from things. And And I would even, they need to relax. They need to (laughs) separate and... So unless you're not any... for today, this leads in even Sabbathing, yeah. Sabbathing from mm-hmm. certain things. You have to have good boundaries on certain things. And unless we were doing an episode on the importance of anxiety and SSRI pills, uh, which we're not. No, that, that's <laughs> not our area. That's of not our area of strength. So we're not talking about that today. But uh, that's I think it's just something to be aware of that mm-hmm. this causes. Um, it was interesting. We we're prepping for this, and I was looking back. At some of my own experiences, actually, in boundaries and. I had this really weird experience early in my career around boundaries and sort of inadvertent crossing of them, both other people into mine and then mine into theirs. It was this experience where um, I was uh, kind of a resident slash intern at a grad school at a large children's hospital. And um, I was, I had a, I had a desk by the badge office, right? It was nothing pretty, right? Because it wasn't supposed to be. I, mean, I was just a, just a guy, like learning, you know, it was fine. And I was around in the in the different places for meetings all day long anyways. I was rarely at my desk doing work, um, except for like start of the day, the end of the day. Because um, <clears throat> it was a lot of just tagging along and learning, which was great. Um, but I do remember one time I was in the middle of getting from my one meeting to the next of some kind, I don't remember. Uh, and was going to my desk to pick something up quickly uh, on my way from one to the next. And someone was at my desk. I think that it was next to the badge office, so I think she had been in line for something with a new badge or whatnot. Anyhow, um, and she felt the need to basically take over my desk, use my phone to return a phone call, had knocked my jacket off my chair, backed my chair over my sports coat. I mean, it was pretty good invasion of my space, I felt, yeah. right? Um, I was young and annoyed. Um, so so basically just quickly reached around her to grab what I needed and moved on with my day. Um, thought nothing of it other than just being annoyed and mine moved on. Well, about a day or two later, I got pinged by the chief of HR, who was one of my kind of residential heads, like leads, right? So men- mentors, basically, who called me into his office. <clears throat> And it turned out this lady who I didn't know very well was some director level person who happened to also be married to uh, the director of continuing education sort of for this whole hospital who reported to this chief of HR. And it turns out that she felt like I had um, 
sexually harassed her because of this interaction, that I had touched her inappropriately, and um, when he wanted to know what happened. (laughs) And of course, my eyes are like wide. Like I'm thinking, first of all, like I, that's never in my mind. Second of all, like she's 30 years older than me. That's disgusting. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking when I'm 25. Right. Um, And, uh, and it was this complete like learning that no matter how much at the time I might've felt invaded upon, Mm -hmm. I, you can't then proceed to clearly step into someone else's boundary space, even mm-hmm. when you're not attempting to. Oh, and I exactly. just become much more aware of my own sort. And I sort of became very standoffish to pretty much every female at that point, just because of my concern for being misunderstood and realizing that, you know, I had really was just about trying to get from one meeting to the next and, and effectively being annoyed. And so she took that as something completely different, which was really weird. Um, <clears throat> And, uh, and nothing ever came of it, but I had to be really careful, right? At that point, you're like, well, two data points is a trend, so I can't have a second data point now. So you've got to really, really mind your P's and Q's. So it was really interesting early lesson for me about the importance of boundaries and in terms of um, expectations and how you interact with other people mm-hmm. and how you you know begin to set clear boundaries and, and respect boundaries, you know, even when you're not thinking about them. Um, you have to kind of keep them aware and respect personal space and yeah it was a really um it was an unsettling experience at that time um never anything like that's happened again then would thank goodness but <laughs> which which is a sign that you learned yeah what i have found that's interesting is having worked with hundreds if not thousands of people over the years is everyone has a different degree of expectation it's different for everyone what she might have said is one thing you obviously thought nothing of it yeah and even in my career, what I used to think nothing of, now I think more of. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's unfortunately, there's been a lot of, for better or worse, there, there are so many different examples that come to mind. It's like, what are we going to do? Yeah. So what do we do? Yeah, no, I think it's... <clears throat> I think this is where, you know, we talk a lot about the Proverbs and the importance of wisdom, and I think it's just applying wisdom and um, thoughtfulness to scenarios, right? It's it's putting, like you have, uh, windows on yeah. your office doors. It's, I think you have the practice, I have the practice when we're having a serious conversation with someone of the opposite sex, you have someone also there with you, a third mm-hmm. person, right? It's, um, it's as simple as, you know... I, at times at home, have a nanny who comes and works, and I work from home a lot, and I don't work from home when there's just a teenage teenager <laughs> with yeah. my kids in the house, female teenager, that is. I'm like, nope, that's not going to happen, right? It's just being smart about setting clear boundaries such that you are putting yourself in a position to be above reproach. I think that's really the theme, mm-hmm. right? It's just trying to be above reproach in that regard. Um, and I think that's, that's at least my thought on it. Yeah. And I, I think what's hard, so obviously there is a, you know, if, if you were in our office and were to walk to every single office, I have a, I have, I've over the years put windows on every mm-hmm. single door because sometimes you have to have a closed door meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do if you have to have a closed door meeting with some of the opposite sex? That's why there are windows. So right. You can't hear what's going on, but you can see what's going on. Right. But 
Then there's the other side where someone would say, well, I'm just never going to talk about anything like that at work. Well, then if there's not enough vulnerability in a relationship, then you lack trust. So then you you go so far over this way because I have some, now I'm going to stereotype some of my older employees, team members, or people that I've worked with said, I'm not going to tell anyone anything. The younger team members won't trust you. Yeah, It's a catch-22. So Mm -hmm. what do we do? You can't go... Mm -hmm all the way over here you can't go here either what do we do yeah well i yeah i think you just got to keep working at it together with some level of grace and that and i think too to expand the boundaries thing too i think it's also about trying to think about it's really that melding of inside work and outside work and all your different aspects of your life right and not put up such firm barriers that there's no sort of crossover mm-hmm. either right and like you want to have time off work you want to have sabbath like you talked about you want to turn off your phone at the in the evenings or get away from your email for some period of time to take take rest days um so i think the boundaries really goes beyond just the issues of you know male female relationships but it's it's all about you know how are we drawing healthy boundaries amongst all of our relationships mm-hmm. regardless of the content of those um relationships but i think that the point i think we're trying to talk about today at least is when you're drawing those boundaries, they, they can't be so firm and the wall's so high that you can't, you don't know anything about someone besides their name. Yeah, right? that, that's not enough. <laughs> that's not enough either, right, is what we're talking about. And one of the things that happens, the boundaries need to be open enough so there, there is a good give and take on information because in business, we want to get from point A to point B, from point B to point C. Mm-hmm. If I don't let you know what's going on in the business, let's say you're consulting with me. Hey, Josh, I need you to help consult with our business, and I'm going to tell you nothing. How effective are you going to be as a consultant? Oh, yeah. No, it's it, I've, tr- I've had that. It's not very fun. You can't do your job. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, when I'm coaching someone, hey, um, hey, I'm going to help coach you, and you're going to tell me nothing. There comes a point where right. there's only so much I can do because I have to, and this is where a lot of it even comes into safe, um, what is safe and what's not safe. So mm-hmm. for example, there's a team member that I'm working with currently. Um, I found out about two months ago, he has ADHD. Very, very helpful for me. I know the I, I know the character traits of ADHD. I know uh, strengths and weaknesses of it, and I've been able to coach him in a direction that he is making some mark improvements hmm. because nice. I know that. Now he volunteered that information to me, and uh, there are boundaries I've put up in place where there are certain things I can and you know I I do say and I don't say, but it's very very helpful. And mm-hmm. I've as I've coached with him and worked with him i've just said hey there are some jobs this is not in your wheelhouse at all because of what you have told me Mm -hmm. but had he not been vulnerable enough to share a little bit of that Mm -hmm. i would not be able to help him so this is where it's 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 really difficult in 2021 because sometimes people need to know things and other times they really shouldn't who are you sharing it with yeah well and i think that's the trick and maybe you have some tips on this but how do you how do you help people or leaders you coach up determine what they should not only be sharing with you, but then what they should hope to get share, shared with them? Or how do they set clear boundaries with their teams? 
mm-hmm. right? How do they how do they set those up? What when is it appropriate, for example, for a team member to tell you about their ADHD and when would you consider it maybe not as appropriate or helpful? Or is there different conditions in particular that you might suggest you and do or don't want to know about? I'll, I'll talk about it basically in a business environment. Um, I would say when it interferes with your job, if mm-hmm. I don't know about something and it's going to interfere, um, either myself or HR needs to be made aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's use something really, really simple. Uh, one of my operations technicians, they have to lift heavy things. We need to know if you are not capable of lifting 50 pounds. Why? Well, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. (laughs) There are jobs for people who are not that strong. That's a very black and white thing. But then there are other things as well, too. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, certain people, uh, who are mid divorce, Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to share anything. If I happen to know that they are in a relationship problem, I'm going to give them more grace. Because yeah. in my experience, having team members that are going through uh, divorce, as an example, they're almost useless for about six months to us. Their head is just gone. Yeah. Um, if I know that, now they don't have to disclose that. Right. But there was someone I, uh, I mean, she just, her performance went down the tank. Yep. Yeah. And uh, actually, I wrote her up. She she told me nothing, and uh, and actually, I ended up firing her. Uh, found out several months later, her performance was so bad because of all these relationship problems. Mm-hmm. And I fired her for cause, and she should have been fired for cause based on her actions. But it was because of outside things happening in her life. Yep. Now, had I known about it, I would have given her grace. And would not have let her go. And so that's that's kind of the catch-22. But you also don't want to go so far over here where um, we all have those team that's nothing but issues all the time. There's a fine line. Well, and it makes me think of, you know, my own experience, not with divorce, but um, certainly family conflict um, upheaval when I was in the process of adopting a, our son. <clears throat> and I remember, you know... For lots of reasons, it was a very challenging process between the time we got to visit him for the first time in, in Haiti and then bring him home was a year later. And there was about seven or eight months of the first part of that year when I was in one job and, and basically transitioned out mm-hmm. um, to a different job. And it was a rough seven or eight months. Like I was not in the headspace to do my job. It was a hard enough job anyways because I never really knew what my job was for lots of other problems that the organization had. So it was really a very dysfunctional environment to begin with. And and no one really understood. No one took the time to understand. No one really ever took the time to try to understand what they could do to support me beyond just if it, basically ignoring it, mm-hmm. right? They felt like they couldn't ask. Um, and I was, I was a bear to be around, I'm sure. I mean, like I was on the verge of getting written up and sort of getting sort of that. I remember asking my manager at one point, she was sort of alluding to the fact that I might be put on a performance improvement plan. But then I was like, so am I, am I getting put on one of these? She's like, well, no, I'm like, you sure talking like it. Like it was really weird. Like it was just a very dysfunctional relationship. It was already bad to begin with. And so I think that's, you know, another lesson is sometimes it's important to understand what's going on outside of work in people's lives because mm-hmm. it impacts the work they do. But if the relationship or the situation is already dysfunctional, forget it. I mean, it's just, it's going to make it so much worse. I mean, and I think getting into an answer. So I would say if someone is unsure what the proper boundary or separation needs to be in a work environment, what typically works best 
in a healthy environment mm-hmm. is open communication. Yep. I, if, if I were working, I'd say, hey, Josh, I am struggling with one of my kids yep. and I need to let you know, I, I still, I'm bringing my a game to work every single day. I don't have to go into the details of necessarily what's right. happening with a kid or a relationship. Hey Josh, I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not what I'm, what's going on, but this is, I am doing this to hopefully hit the key performance, um, indicators with my job. Yep. Anything I can do besides that does that help if i were to explain that to you if you were my supervisor yeah absolutely i think it helps for sure i think it's the 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 sort of challenging part is the healthy culture healthy Mm -hmm. foundation right that's the that's the part that you know we'll talk about in some other episodes right like the next one i think we're going to talk a little bit about attachment and coming up you know next time but um not to prelude that too much but i think the two go hand in hand which is why we're talking about them back to back is the importance of having you know clear boundaries but also having good relationships um kind of getting into the why of this i was going to read from if that's okay a wall street journal article so actually interestingly timing i always enjoy reading you know the wall street journal and um saw this interesting article some of you may have seen it um from sort of the october time frame the real meaning of freedom at work and it says i'll just read a couple of paragraphs here um in terms of talking this issue of time off and boundaries, but um, in a study led by economist Michael Gibbs, when more than 10,000 employees of a large Asian IT company started working from home during the pandemic, many of our listeners might have uh, had that going on, in their companies, productivity fell, even as working hours increased. The researchers didn't measure the physical and emotional toll of COVID, but the data showed that people got less done because they had less time to focus. They were stuck in more group meetings and got interrupted more often to free people from these constraints. We need better boundaries. It's like they wrote this for us. There's evidence that working from home has been been more stressful for quote-unquote segmenters who prefer to separate the different spheres of life than for integrators who are happy to blur the lines. Good segmentation policies allow people to commit to predictable time off that shields them from work intrusions into their lives. For example, the healthcare company Vynamic has a policy called ZZZ Mail, uh, that discourages sending emails on nights and weekends. And so <clears throat> I think one of the things to keep in mind here, and you've done a lot of this great work in your company, Eric, is digging in and understanding sort of the profiles of your people and mm-hmm. the individual differences that they have. I think another one I thought that was interesting here, uh, and maybe this falls in, in one of those personality profiles that I didn't come to mind immediately, but the difference between a segmenter and an integrator. And so as you work with people, to your point, yeah. to getting them to share may not just be an issue of trust or their willingness or ability to set boundaries. It may also be that their personality type tends to lean towards segmenter or integrator. Or as you said earlier, generational types might be more integrators versus separators or segmenters. So um, I thought that was a great article, good timely article for what we're talking about because, you know, as people seek to become effective and efficient in their work, especially if it's now hybrid or remote, um, you know, helping them, give them the tools to do that, to the degree they're comfortable integrating or segmenting, you know, in and out of their work life. Absolutely. And to add on to that, everyone's different, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And so someone who can do 100% work from home via Zoom is not someone else. So, for example, I am one of those guys 
working from home is not working for me because I have four kids. Mm -hmm. I cannot stay focused on the executive function, the executive coaching that I'm working on if I have kids in the house. Mm -hmm. So so lucky for me, I'm a whopping six minutes from work. I spend most of my time at work in a nice office that is fully optimized. It really is a case-by-case basis. So it's one of those things we can't give an answer for everyone. Mm-hmm. It might be a hybrid. It might be one way here, one way here. Everyone's a little bit different. Yep. And we have to stay open-minded and say, hey, what's our end goal? Yep. Well, and when we're building great companies, right, that's the mm-hmm. goal. So you're trying to optimize your people for, you know, helping them be healthy in terms of boundaries that they need to be optimized to deliver on the value that you need, you know, as a business leader, right? Absolutely. That's, that's what I think we're keeping in mind. Um, <clears throat> so, Eric, let's, let's talk about how we do this. I mean, how, how do we encourage and work with our... Um, our clients to do this work well from a from a coaching standpoint i'm going to dial down if as i'm working with someone the first thing i'm asking what's the end goal mm-hmm. what are we working towards or if if they don't know what the end goal is where is the frustration point that is what i'm going to dial down on first mm-hmm. And then what's getting in the way? Now, sometimes it's a very easy A, then B, then C. Other times, I'm going to have to dig a little deeper and figure out uh, what is the rut that they are stuck in, and then how do we get out of the rut? That's how I do it from uh, from a coaching standpoint. How about from a consul- uh, consulting standpoint? Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, usually, you know, again, through these conversations, certain issues will come up, and I think there's generally um, it's always – if the issue seems to be something related to boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Someone is tired, there's fatigue as a factor, inability to focus is a factor, inability to not send weekend emails all the time is an issue. Um, I think it's starting with that leader and just helping them assess their own rhythms, their own habits of boundaries. How are they making time for the things that matter to them, right? You know, in terms of... <clears throat> If business is the only thing in their life, then yeah, they yeah. can work a lot more at it. If they do say that they have, you know, values around, you know, family, kids, community, church, whatever those things might be, you know, how do we help set up healthy working boundaries, help them put the work down, not be a workaholic? How do we help them take a Sabbath, sit and rest? Um, and then it's, you know, then from there, it's kind of a change management perspective. Once you help that leader realize those changes, one, I've seen a lot of other people in the company just come along for the ride. I mean, it's as soon as a, a good leader who doesn't have good boundaries starts setting them, people get a little freaked out at first, but boy, they, they are happy for the relief. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so to the degree people haven't already adjusted to the new behavior of the leader, um, begin to work on change management plans around how do we help the whole organization develop more of a culture of clearer boundaries that are mm-hmm. going to help everyone be more successful. Yeah, and and always be asking the question. There, there's nothing. I love it when. Hey, this is where I'm at currently. Is this okay? Mm-hmm. Hey, Josh, is this okay? Yep. Oh, actually, Eric, I'd like to see more of you here, or not a maybe too much. And that that's very life giving as well too. Yep, that's right. So hey, we can work from that. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, Come back and talk to us again Uh, next time. Tune in for a podcast on attachment um, and -hmm. where we're going to be helping leaders along the journey figure out how to build more trusting, meaningful relationships with their teams, as well as elicit that same level of trust and um, relationship, you know, from a leader's perspective. So tune in next time. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening in today. If you need help either consulting with your business or on executive coaching, we, Josh and I, would love to help you out. 
feel free to reach out to us via email or, hey, go to theconsultantandthecoach.com and uh, look at Josh's latest blog on what, hey, great separation and boundaries in the workplace look like. Until next week, thanks for listening to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Mm-hmm.